You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Today, we're going to be talking all about vegetable oils, seed oils, and why they are something that I feel that most people, if not all people, drastically benefit from being able to reduce. Now, this is kind of a remake of episode three of my podcast, because again, like episode two, for some reason, the audio just got taken right down. And I have no idea why I have no idea how I can recover it, or there's nowhere that I can find it. So we're just going to have to redo it, but that's okay because I've had four years of further clinical evidence and further research and even just personal experience of seed oils. And so one of the first things that kind of got me into this whole realm was one of Dr. Kate Shanahan's book called Deep Nutrition. I read it during COVID and it really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff and really made me realize, okay, our nutrition is so much deeper, which I I knew I was always into clean eating, but I didn't even realize that some of the clean foods that I was thinking that I was buying at Trader Joe's or these kind of more health food stores that they might've had these oils in them that could have been contributing. And when I started sharing this with our families and something that they were throwing out, I remember being at my parents' house after kind of sharing with them, like, Hey guys, you know, I know that we're trying to do a good thing by eating whole foods, but, you know, we got to be looking out for these vegetable oils. But, you know, it's not like we cooked with them. You know, they might have been in maybe some roasted nuts. I remember distinctly my dad had used to eat nuts by just the handful as a snack. And, you know, thinking you're doing a good thing. And I said, Dad, I'm pretty sure those have canola oil. And he turned it around. And I just remember him going to and just dumping them out and throwing them out and it just, it was hilarious because we had obviously learned so much about why these oils are not helpful to the body in the sense of they are extremely inflammatory. So vegetable oil, it sounds healthy, right? You're eating vegetable, you're eating like, you know, the name sounds healthy. Vegetable oil doesn't sound unhealthy, but it's vegetable oil is a whole category of oils. I, I like to think of them as uh, the three C's and the three S and one P. So corn, canola, cottonseed, soy, safflower, sunflower, and then palm. Palm would be another kind of oil to that as well. And the reason that these are problematic is because of a lot of the processing that goes into them. So these are seeds that we are trying to extract oils from. It's not like an olive that fruit oils, right? These fruit oils, coconut, olive, avocado, they are they have abundant amount of oils in them. It's very easy to get oils from these things. However, it's very difficult to get oils from a seed. And some of these things in the seed oils or slash vegetable oils, I you'll hear that I use that word interchangeably. They don't, one, have a lot of naturally occurring oils. And two, I mean, canola, that's not a seed. It's, I don't even know what it is. It's it's actually, it is actually as a seed because it's canola is from a rape seed, which again, these things are just, they're not things that we would have just been finding abundantly in nature. Sunflower seeds, although people, you know, they, we can eat sunflower seeds. 
the actual oil that you get from processing them is not the same in terms of nutritional value. The also problem that we get from these is a very, very, very high concentration of omega-6. So to take it back one step, the processing behind these things is what is very inflammatory in the first place, because you have to, we barely get a lot of oil. We have to bleach. We have to deodorize. These things are treated with very, very, very high heat, which causes a lot of oxidation. So there's very minimal, if no nutritional content, and they are very, very highly oxidized. Then we put them in plastic containers or they sit on the shelves for months and just become to get further and further oxidized. Um, and that goes the same with any type of oil, any type of oil you want to be getting in a glass jar, dark. So any types of good avocado or olive oils you'll see in a dark glass container because they can be oxidized from light. So, and you obviously don't want to be doing any type of oils in plastic because when that plastic is heated, so think about trucks that are carrying this throughout the country, they get warm and the plastic can leach. That's why just really anything with plastics is just a bad, a good thing to avoid. We don't want to be consuming things with plastics because it can leach. Even if it's not leaching in your house, it doesn't mean that throughout transportation or when the product was put in that it wasn't leaching at one time, right? So the processing behind these oils is incredibly inflammatory. Then we get to the fact that, okay, once these oils are made, these oils are very, very, very high in what we call omega-6 fatty acids. So there are many different classifications of fat. So we have saturated fats, which are solid at room temperature. Those are, think of like butter, lard, tallow, coconut oil, things that are just they're hard at room temperature. So the molecules in them are very, are packed very, very, very tightly together. So there's no double bond or there's no, yeah, there's no single bonds. Like everything in it, when you look at it, it's very, 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 it's just carbon and hydrogen very, packed very, very tightly together. Now, when we get into unsaturated fats, that's where we started to get to these fats that can be liquid at room temperature. Um, and with unsaturated fats, we have monounsaturated, polyunsaturated, and polyunsaturated fats are generally our fats that we cannot make ourselves. So those would be the omega-6 and omega-3s. Technically, it's omega-6, 3, 9. Um, but we're just going to focus on omega-6 and omega-3 because that's what a lot of people know is our polyunsaturated fats. We have to get these through our diet. Our American lifestyle is very, 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 very high in omega-6, very low in omega-3. Um, so these industrial seed oils, vegetable oils, whatever we want to call them, they are very, 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 very high in omega-6. And I'm seeing a lot of people talking about high oleic sunflower oil as being kind of the best form of a seed oil, which I would disagree because high oleic, um, high oleic sunflower oil is the most <laughs> omega-6. It has such a hard, high concentration of omega-6 fatty acids. And I'm not saying omega-6 fatty acids are bad. I'm just saying we get plenty of them anyways, that we generally don't need to be getting significantly higher concentrations of them. So that's kind of the first part. The second part is these polyunsaturated fats are very unstable, very, very, very unstable. Even with omega-3s, you really, if you're going to supplement with omega-3s, you really, really, really want to make sure that it's very high quality because with any of those, with any of the polyunsaturated fats, because they have 
this double bond in the structure that doesn't really matter to anybody, but it just is why it becomes unstable. It It is more able to be oxidized and more able to be damaged because it's not packed quite as tightly as the saturated fats that are, you know, the butter, tallow, lard, that coconut oil, that type of stuff. Coconut oil is a really good option for people who, if they can't tolerate the animal-based forms, the animal-based forms are some of the most traditional forms. Um, coconut oil is the second best. If you don't like the coconut taste, you know, you can get it unrefined or refined, excuse me, but I just don't like that because that's kind of like a whole extra processing. I'd say if you had to do it because you wanted to get the coconut taste out, you know, you could do it, but I digress. So the saturated fats truly are the best forms of fats. They're the the most demonized because they think, oh, it's solid. It's going to clog your arteries. That's not what's that. That's not how that works. You don't get dietary cholesterol or saturated fats is not the reason that your arteries are clogged. Um, A lot of times that is due to inflammation. And when we look at what oils of these would truly be causing the most amount of inflammation, it's going to be the oils that are bleached, deodorized, have to be washed in solvents to even make them look appetizing at all. So um, I'm going to definitely stick to the saturated fats. The other reason for that too is think about what's going in the fryers. It's these vegetable oils and these fryers are just boiling oils over and over and over and over and over again. And that is, these oils just on constant high heat is creating further and further and further oxidative damage. Obviously fried foods are pretty much a given that it's, it's not going to be super great. You can make things a little bit better by frying them in some more heat stable fats, such as the fat soluble or the, excuse me, the saturated fats that we, I constantly keep referencing to because they are the most stable at higher temperatures. They are anything that's solid at room temp is going to be so much stable, more stable at higher temps. Olive oil, a great, a great oil. It only has a smoke point of 350 degrees. So if you're going above 350 degrees and using olive oil, you are starting to denature or um, start to potentially oxidize that fat. Olive oil, so amazing for drizzling onto something maybe after you've roasted, or if you're going to only roast it at 350 or below, great. If you're going to be using a higher temperature, definitely using a better smoke point oil for those. And you can, you can even just look up smoke points of oils, but for a lot of those oils, I mean, coconut, butter, tallow, all of those are going to be a lot better at higher temperatures. So, um, What's, what's super interesting that I found about these oils too is the decrease in inflammation that I've noticed and my family has noticed from reducing these oils over the last five plus years. Um, for instance, I have a husband and my brother and dad, they're both very, very, very fair skinned. They've always been like much more so prone to burning. Within the last five years, they all tan. I've never seen my husband get more color and aren't, we've been together almost 10 years. He gets legitimate color. He doesn't get as much color as I do just because our skin tones are differently, but he can go out in this, he can go out and we can golf and he doesn't have to worry about putting sunscreen on. We can lay by the pool in the middle of the summer. He doesn't have to worry about burning as quickly as he would. If we go close, closer to the equator, like we travel usually in the winter to kind of escape the cooler or we escape the cooler temps, get some of the sunshine. You know, some of the first few days that we're down there, our our skin has to kind of 
reacclimate to the intensity, but he doesn't burn nearly like he used to. Same thing with my dad, same thing with my brother. They do not have to be as diligent about it anymore. And I have a lot of different theories to that, but I just feel that it, I mean, the fats that we're eating do accumulate in our skin. So if we think about if we're eating fats that we think are healthy, but are, have some of these industrial vegetable oils, seed oils, whatever we want to call them in them. I mean, your, your body's making, that's what your body makes its cell membranes out of. So that's what you're, if you're eating most of these oils, that's what your cell membranes are made out of. They are not going to be as strong. They're not going to be as protective. They are not going to be as, um, healthy as they would be if we were eating mostly healthier fats. So what happens when your cells are exposed to oxidation? We burn. Um, but when your health cells are healthy and they have plenty of healthy, fats coating your membranes and essentially that's what your phospholipid membrane of your cell that's what it's made out of is all these different dietary fats that we're consuming so when we're consuming the right fats think about how much more protective that is i mean sun exposure is constantly demonized but is it really the sun or is it more the nutrition that we're intaking that's impacting our body's ability to adapt to the sun now i'm not saying you need to go out when it's uv 10 and spend hours out in the sun I love doing that and I can do that. And I honestly, truthfully can't tell you the last time I burned. Um, I'm, I still am safe about my sun exposure. I'll go in and out. I'll wear like a clean SPF on my face or on my body if I need to. Um, but I don't, I don't burn. I don't carry inflammation like I used to. I don't, and, and I can tell you that if we do have food that has it, so if we eat out and we somehow think that we were exposed to it. I mean, we can feel it. I mean, even digestively, um, feeling a little bit more bloated, a little bit more inflamed. It's crazy what you can notice when you start to limit inflammatory things. And then if you have a little bit of it, your body reacts a little bit quicker because it's running so much more efficiently that if it is burdened in any sense, your body's going to tell you because when you're kind of that well-oiled machine, you know, what feels good and your body's really in a good groove. And so not to say that, you know, if we eat out once it throws us off for weeks, it's, it's not necessarily like that. Cause I think we're robust enough at the same time that if you're supporting yourself, your body can handle things that it would, it's not doing on a daily basis. You know, it's not this fear mongering, like you need to avoid these things at all costs. You can never eat out. We still do eat out. We don't eat out a lot. And there's, what's so cool is there's so many places here that we like to go. Um, my favorite farm to table, I know that I can go there and have no seed oils. I mean, they'll cook everything I want in butter. They'll cook it. They have a full lard fryer. So if I did get something that I wanted fried, I know that it can be fried in a better way. So that's kindred fare for everybody who might be kind of local to the Finger Lakes. It, I never, ever feel like crap if we eat out there. It's the best feeling in the entire world. Um, but you can always ask, you know, you, there's no harm in asking, can this be cooked in butter or can you just, can you not use any blended oils? with this, or if you have like for salad dressing, if I got a salad, I just always ask for olive oil. Um, if in vinegar on the side, if they say that their dressings are made with, you know, soy or whatever canola oil and you don't, and maybe you don't want to ask, maybe that's just something that you don't want to have to worry about. Everybody's journey is a little bit different for me. If it sneaks into something, I know that it's not the end of the world. If I know that I can actively avoid it without really trying that hard, I'm going to, but you know, I think so much in the health space too can be kind of 
very paralyzing because when you hear something's bad, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is horrible for you. You can never have it ever again. I know that it's probably, it's going to come up once in a while. If there's a salad dressing sitting on the counter and we're at a, an event and I can look and see that the first ingredient soy oil, okay, I'm going to avoid that. But if it just sneaks into something where I didn't have any control over it, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't see the worry and, and stressing about it. I just think it's when I can control something, I will. And when I can't, I don't stress about it because I think that stressing about something creates more stress and inflammation than the alternative of just being able to let it go and supporting your body how you can. Dr. Kate Shanahan has a ton of really amazing articles linked under her website under like the PUFA project it's called. So I am going to link that in the show notes. If you're really interested in seeing some more research, some more data, learning about these different oils and the inflammatory impact they have. She talks a lot about how the epidemic of seed oils leading to obesity and diabetes, which is so interesting. It's so, so, so interesting and it makes total sense. I mean, our, ancestors or grandparents or great grandparents, even, I mean, Crisco kind of came out like around our grandparents time. Um, but I mean, you look back years ago, there was not the overweight and obesity and inflamed epidemic that there is now. And I, not to say that it's only coming down on one thing, but we do have to look at kind of when these things were, were introduced into our food, they're pushed as kind of being heart healthy, better for cholesterol. When I would definitely argue that that's absolutely not what, not what, not what is happening. There is a ton of really amazing science here. There is a lot of really great research, but she breaks it down into pulling out graphics that are, I think, really um, easy to understand. And so if this is something that interests you or you want to continue learning more, her books are amazing. I read both of her books, the deep nutrition and also the fat burn fix, um, a lot about metabolic flexibility and a lot about how seed oils can, can really make your metabolism not run as efficiently. So I didn't even really cover that in this, but if you're just trying to make one single better swap for your family, it's just looking for these oils and things that you're consuming, um, tr- not cooking with these oils and then turning around pro- packaged foods and swapping these oils out for something different. There's so many good brands out there. Um, once you start to become mindful and there's even so many things that you can make at home. I hope this was a good reminder. If you are an OG listener, maybe you listened to episode three when it came out. Again, I have no idea why it magically disappeared, but it did. But even if you're new here or if you've been listening for a long time, hopefully this was a good reminder, a good synopsis of some things that we can do to just continue to make our health better, whether that's to decrease inflammation, help with your blood sugar control, helping your metabolism, and just overall getting better foods into your routine that's going to make you stronger, better, faster, smarter, whatever your goal, more resilient, just overall healthier, right? We want to just prevent any type of chronic disease. And if you want to look at some of the resources, like I was mentioning, I'll make sure I link those in the show notes, but, um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully this was a good recap and refresher. I could talk about this a lot, but definitely just wanted to share some things that we learned and things that I continue learning on this journey because that's what it's all about. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Woo!